I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I'm slowly getting dug out in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, possibly caved in on all sides. I don't know, but she's lounging in the satellite branch in Scenic Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. It's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. It'd be scenic if I could see anything outside my windows. <laughs> yeah. Friends, this is episode 269 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 268 episodes, you just go wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, Stitcher. Give us a little rate, review, follow, subscribe. Push us up the algo so other people can find the show. We would appreciate it. And when you do any of those things, you can take trying to keep up with this podcast off of your plate. You got a lot of things to juggle. We understand. We get it. The days are dark. There's a lot going on. You don't have time. Everyone's depressed. It takes it takes so much just to get through the day. We understand. Keeping up on uh, your podcast subscriptions is not something you have time for. We understand that, which is why we have delegated the duties on your behalf to someone who... Do elves get depressed? Do elves suffer from seasonal uh, depression? No. <laughs> Flat answer. They're the, em- they're, they're the embodiment of seasons, so no. <laughs> do you suffer from depression? Don't. Flat answer, no. Anyway, he's gliding on the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip, and all he wants to do is bring those episodes to your device, and that's your man's... Chauncey Frasilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. You just be minding your own business, trying to muster the energy to have a shower, and just bam! New episodes of this podcast. Directly... And then you're filled with delight and vitamin D for some reason. <laughs> that science is not proven. We are not making, we are not making that claim. <laughs> That this podcast directly provides vitamin D. I mean, I hope if, 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 if it gives, if it has a placebo effect, that delights us. And we, we encourage that. Uh, friends, if you'd like to let us know how you are managing seasonal depression 2022, hit us up on twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where the show lives on the internets. Uh, I apologize for the influx of uh, ranking of King Squeeing that's been happening on there and will continue to happen on there for the next four months. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> That's all it is now. All it is is just Jeff's emoji. Don't care. If you would like to support this endeavor financially so we can buy one of those happy lights, ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Three bucks in the old tip jar. We'll just be letting it shine on our faces every subsequent episode. It's true. I actually should start doing that. I'm going to do that. Do you have a happy lamp? I think I do. I think it's packed up in a box still well, somewhere. I should probably get that Caitlin. out. <laughs> what? Prioritize Happy Lamp 2022. Well, this was a new year, new pod. <laughs> I don't think, you know what? I've read a lot these days about how toxic the new year, new me mind frame is. You did it to yourself. Uh, friends, you will recall on the last episode, Caitlin was like, there's going to be a snow day tomorrow. And holy shit, was there. Uh, I don't know how it was where you were, Caitlin. I had the day off, mm-hmm. mercifully, because then I just spent my day in my chair, sipping my coffee, watching my coworkers regale me for seven hours about how they tried to get home <laughs> from um, work. If, so for us, it was also a snow day, um, which it's complicated because <laughs> you work from home. <laughs> <laughs> Can you call a snow? <laughs> can you call a snow day when you work from home? Well, technically they can because some people are still going into the college, and yeah, so it works like that. Um, but senior correspondent Chris initially had to like leave the house, so we were shoveling some snow so he could mm. get out. Um, and then, like ten minutes later, he came. He he was back <laughs> because <laughs> his boss was like, "Yeah, no, I just saw the highways, so." Thankfully, he did not have to travel on any of the very scary snow-bombarded highways in uh, southern Ontario. I Surely it must have happened, but I've been in the city for like 15 years now, and we have had snow before. But I have never seen the entire city just shit the bed 
like it did on Monday. Like you have things that are like, okay, so, you know, the, the garage, the underground parking exit for someone cute was like, obviously that did not get plowed. That's private property. They were not going to expect, you know, they were not going to respond with the expedience that you would think like, you know, a city would. So I, like I said, I did not, um, because I didn't have to go out and about mercifully that day. It wasn't until the next day where I really saw the after effects and I'm like walking to catch my bus to go to work on Tuesday morning and see two buses facing westbound on opposite sides of the street, just like abandoned, like em- empty hazards on uh, dead inside. Do not enter. And then I saw two more buses going up Dufferin on my way to work. And then on my way back, it's not unusual because that intersection kind of gets packed up a bit that the bus will just be like, if it seems like it's, more trouble than it's worth to pull up to let people off at the stop. They'll let them off, you know, half a block away. And that's what happened on Tuesday afternoon. And I was like, oh, it's just the traffic must be bad. Yeah, the traffic was bad because there was another bus at like a 45 degree angle <laughs> veering into the southbound uh, lane, just wedged, covered in icicles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, cool. I got the figure later that I believe 500 city buses were left abandoned that day. And they're like... There's only like X amount of tow trucks that can handle a bus in the city. Yeah. So, like I said, I've I've we've had snow before, but like, is this what it was like when Lastman called the army? Like that was before I got here. But like, um, that's what people were comparing. Oh, you always made fun of that because we didn't think it was that bad. I don't know if it's because people forgot that we get a lot of snow. I don't know what's going on. I mean, we've had many snow days before. I think that. Sometimes people forget how treacherous snow and ice can be. I mean, we make fun of Texas whenever they get snow now because, like, they, none of them have snow tire, tires. No one knows how to deal with it. But really, we should be looking in a mirror because I also think that a lot of workplaces should have said, no, don't come in. Where a lot of them, they're, they really weren't putting communication out there to be like, you know, a, lot, a lot of like places early enough. A lot of places tried to have it both ways. Yeah. They're like, come in if you can. No, you've got to really be like, absolutely do not come in. It is not worth your life. And some people think I'm joking here, but no, I'm serious. Because there are probably there are so many wrecks on the highways and uh, buses just, you know, wedged like that boat in the well, Suez Canal. Yeah, like, and like what happened to those people? My the, my homie, the most consistent man on earth was regaling me with his stories. And I think, yeah, where the hell was he at? He was, tr- he was trying to get to shepherd West. Cause basically the subway was out too. If it had to go above ground. It was out. And the, the Toronto transit yeah. commission was like washing its hands. It's like, ain't no shuttle buses coming. So yeah. Yellow. Um, and he was milling about some station. I don't remember which, and some dude came out from a, like a side door in like the TTC uniform. And the way these people like swarm towards him, he's like, Oh, somebody's getting eaten today. I got to get the fuck out of here. Like it was rough out there. Anyway, yeah. Don't want to spend twenty minutes talking about transit woes, but all this is to say, say it every year, y'all. I'll stand by it. Once again, remember this when y'all want to tell me warm with snow is better than freezing in no snow. Snow is better than freezing. You can I no I I have tea too. You take your ass out there and start shoveling the gardener. I did shovel. It was fine. <laughs> oh, though, I do have to... One more disclaimer. Mm. If you are old, don't shovel. There are more heart attacks from shoveling snow than I think, like, any other reason. Yeah, I really hope. I did not... Well, and that was the other thing. Like, you know, Mr. Malash, back in Windsor, that day, like I said, it was off that day. And he's like, if I got out of work early enough, do you want me to call you on my... You got time for a chat on my drive home? And I was like, drive home? Girl, what? Who, what? Yeah. Why are you driving anywhere? But like Windsor got nothing. Oh yeah. Literally it was just nothing. Um, it was the, it was the lakes around. It was called what's called the golden horseshoe around Lake Ontario. <laughs> the got hit. Uh, anyway, that was the most exciting thing that happened around uh, this area this week. Um, there are some bits and bites out there. In the nerd news world, um, we have a title for the Amazon Lord of the Rings series. Oh, do we? We do. The Rings of Power. Oh. Well, 
Womp womp. All it is is a shot of some rings getting, some footage of some rings getting forged, and the bit where it talks about all the rings. And Caitlin, I'm here to tell you, having watched it this morning, yeah, that's too many rings. There are too, oh, there's too many rings. Nine rings for mm-hmm. men. No, nope, don't care. Don't care. The, the elves got three. three the dwarves have seven. Yeah. The dwarves got seven. The elves got three. The men, men have nine. The dark lord has one. Mm, it's too many rings. No, that's that's just enough rings. Caitlin, they needed like nine hours to tell the story of one ring. <laughs> that was the destruction of the one it's t- ring. It's too many rings. I don't know what you're going to do with all these rings, but. They're going to get corrupted and it's going to be awesome. Hey, man, it better be. Better be something. This is Bezos' legacy. Hold, he hold wa- on. he wanted hold his on. Game of Thrones. Oh God, what? H- hold on. Don't fact Pause check me on Tolkien lore. Second. I do not want the Tolkien senior, lore fact check. Senior correspondent Chris has just busted in and gone. <laughs> actually, yes. Just to clarify, how many rings did you say were for each? Nine for men. Yes. Seven for dwarves. Yes. Three for elves. Yes. One ring to rule them all. You you are correct. Okay. He says we're correct. We're fine. <laughs> Happy we sorted that. Out. He was just summoned. He just he just appeared out of nowhere. Two hundred two hundred sixty nine like... episodes in, y'all. You finally you finally got a senior correspondent on Mike. This is what it took. <laughs> Clarifying the amount of rings in the Tolkien verse is what yeah, finally brought rings him. Rings is very important. Very what, important. What finally brought him on Mike? Mark your calendars. I still maintain it's too many rings. The show's going to be like so it's seven hundred years long. <laughs> I'll still give it a rule of three. Um, what else did we get? Got your Moon Knight look. Whatever. Yep. It'll be fine. Oscar, yeah. I- Oscar Isaac's in it. It's going to get at least one pair of eyeballs on it out there. Um, friends, if you're unfamiliar with Moon Knight, it was basically Marvel's attempt to make a Batman. Real talk. Like Daredevil was low key their attempt to make a Batman for a while, and then that didn't really take. And somebody was like, you know what we need? A cape. You cape and, and a ca- you cape and a cow and wealth and what and wealth and wealth and Egypt apparently and that's how you get yeah, he was supposed to I mean they you know with Batman where there's sort of that playing with he has sort of this multi personality disorder with Moonlight they like really leaned into it well I did I did learn that that's a relatively that is a recent. Um, development. retcon tweak. Yes. Originally he just had yeah. three secret identities to move within different spheres. Yes. You know, he had a, he had a billionaire version. He had the on the streets cab driver version, you know, whatever information he needed, he would adopt one of these personalities. And then I believe it was in the Warren Ellis run, which was further built on in the Jeff Lemire run. They real and the moon Knight show is clearly, um, taking this tack as well. It is a, um, you know, multiple personality disorder um, sort of vibe where he doesn't really know exactly who he is. And it's a very psychological sort of depiction of the character um, with punching. Love the punching. Love the punching. It was the best part. It's got Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. So, I mean, Ethan Hawke showing up in a Marvel show is definitely the depiction of like, man, that is a, I'm not even going to say Ethan Hawke is a graduate of the Andy McDowell school of nautical acquisition. I feel like he was, (laughs) he was a real pioneer in the uh, nautical acquisition path you know he was very much a, a one for me one for them type of vibe yes to get the cash yeah. to go make like good lord bird or whatever the hell he wanted to do he's like let me just get that marvel yeah. bag and he's gonna go i don't know make before twilight or whatever him and richard um, are just gonna make no, another no, seven they, movies. they said they're not gonna make a fourth one just fyi um though i'd really thanks, love tip. them too thanks not. tips Never. um no i also have to make a quick correction I just because I know it's, it, it, I I understand that for some people it's very sensitive. It's called dissociative identity disorder. It used to be called multiple personality, but now it's dissociative identity disorder. I don't know if they're actually going to properly depict this. Probably not. It's I'm a Marvel TV show. Say, Rob's not. But I at least think we should get it correct. Um, and yeah, I see. I don't mind when people like good actors are in marvel it just elevates the movie or the show i'm watching right and also get your dollars they gotta work get, they gotta feed themselves get your dollars and listen nev campbell's still eating off the screen bag so like you know you get yourself in one of these you may be working for the rest of your life depending yeah and that's you know what i know a lot of 
act, not personally, but I know a lot of actors who, who say like, you know, I, uh, I've done X movie that is maybe just more, uh, popcorn type movie because I want to go do theater. Right. And theater maybe doesn't pay as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's totally reasonable. One last quick hit from news and then I'll let Caitlin uh, squee about the Taika Waititi pirate show. Um, that is a casting addition to the Ahsoka show. Your girl, yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, has just been cast as something. That was less notable to me than the uh, realization this is the second show featuring Hayden Christensen reprising Anakin Skywalker in some form. Yeah. Makes I'm, sense. I'm for that. Let's, think- let's let him, man, let that dude reclaim his spot. Give him some good you know, give him some good yeah. content to portray this character in instead of the, the pulpier, that's me being forgiving, the pulpier. I was ver- going to say, that's nice of you. It's very, being very generous there. The pulpier version from the prequels of Young Anakin. Let's, man, give me, give me some flashbacks of like Young Anakin and Ahsoka in the, in the Padawan days. Let's just give me all that. Give it all to me, Kate. Let Hayden reclaim his spot in the Star Wars universe. I just felt so bad for him. I like that people are, you know, like, hey, it was not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was he was directed to act in a particular way. Um, yeah. He was great in life as a house. <laughs> what? Who was? <laughs> Every time I'm reminded about what makes this program uh, so <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> it's the fact that not only can you get shout-outs to uh, Attack of the Clones and Life is a House <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, within seconds uh, of each other. Caitlin. Yeah. Tell me about the Taika Waititi Pirate Show. It is called... Um, our flag means death, which is just such a Taika Waititi okay. uh, uh, title. Um, it's amazing. It stars uh, Reese Darby, who people would know him as the manager in Flight of the Concords. <laughs> He's done a bunch of other things, but like that's probably what people would know him best from. Um, and oh, and also Jumanji. He plays the like <laughs> the, the the I don't know what to call it the the sprite who like tells you what's going on <laughs> the narrator in the jumanji video game uh in the movies um and it is ridiculous and silly and it has a lot of people who've obviously dropped in um like popular actors and stuff um and i'm just it looks ridiculous I, see this is i'm excited because i love pirates and i love swashbuckling um and i was told to watch black flag the problem with Um, the problem with contemporary life yeah not enough swashbuckling oh a hundred percent see i would not have depression if there was more (laughs) swashbuckling day to day uh depression is caused i i envision a world where when you return to in-person work yeah you crash through a window You swing through a window on a rope, and when you take your desk, mm-hmm. people are like, yeah. why did that happen? And you're like, I have depression. <laughs> I was going to say, my depression is caused by <laughs> lack of sunlight and lack of swashbuckling Jesus Christ. in equal measure. Equal measure, yes. Yeah. So if I can't up one, I got to up the other. Um, no, I was told that I would really like Black Flag. And I tried watching it, and I just couldn't get into it. I wasn't interested. Um, and I'm excited that this exists because it's funny and ridiculous and um, has lots of swashbuckling. And I'm, I'm excited. Um, it's supposed to be coming out on HBO Max, so that means it might come out on Crave. It's I don't know how these things work. Very likely, I feel like. Um. I'm just trying to see if they have a date. Do, 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 do. Oh, it's coming out in March. So not too long to wait. You just have to get through the really sad months. 
<laughs> it's your reward. It's, like, you it's know, your reward, I was Caitlin. about to say, it's your reward. It's your booty for getting through this ad mode. Booty. Booty. Not going to do it. Okay. Not going to do it. Not going to do it? It's too easy. Not going to do it. Okay. Um, yes, it's it's your reward. So, yeah, very excited about this. This is the, probably the one thing I've seen where I've been like, ooh. Everything else, I'm just like, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but this is like, ooh. There's an inflection. <laughs> That's how you know. Yeah. When, when the content takes you from an ah to a ooh, then you know. Mm-hmm. That's some quality content. Caitlin. Yeah. Tell me about some other content you've been enjoying. Oh, are we doing updates? Unless you have anything else. Um, I just thought maybe you had more news. Uh, earlier on the week, I thought I wanted to talk about this Joss Whedon article in New York Magazine uh, that dropped this week that he actually like participated in and kind of responded to a lot of the uh, things that have been said about him in recent years, since like 2017, I think. And uh, I sent it to Kate. I don't know if Kate read it, but uh, I'm calling it Audible, and I don't care. <laughs> I did read it, and I think there – I haven't – so I haven't read Penny Arcade, which is a one of the most popular web comics. Is it still ever. around? It is still around. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and they kind of summed up my feelings on it really well. They commented on this article or just yeah. him, him in general? No, 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 this article. Oh, shit. <laughs> and it was basically like, it's like, the, the I can only imagine the things he, he said in this article was because a demon <laughs> was advising him. <laughs> like, like, some of the stuff he said just was so, I'm just like, do you hear yourself? Um, it's, it's that. It's just that feeling. Like, you actually said that? to an interview you participated in like this is not a redeeming interview like it's not anyways but we're not going to talk about it uh the only thing i want to say about the article is i do want to shout out the author of it uh lila shapiro who was no easy task it seems like this is something she uh you know this was not handed to her she pitched it and really like Worked the beat on it for a while to get it to a point where she would, well, to get to a point where he would sit down for these interviews. And the one thing, my one takeaway was she calls out that he says something or he revealed at one point that his therapist or something said if there's a question he doesn't like to go to the bathroom. And she calls out every time he does this in the interview. (laughs) And it's like, so shouts to the author, uh, Lila Shapiro. It was a fine piece of journalism on their part. If you have any interest, it's on the Vulture site. Um, that sort of New York is a bunch of different websites and it's on the vulture portion, which is kind of the arts and entertainment portion. Um, maybe paywalled, but there are, there are means, um, yeah, let's never speak of Joss Whedon again. Ding. (laughs) Bing bong. (laughs) Done and done. Caitlin. Yes. More fun topics. Anything you've been enjoying? That is, that is (sighs) to say, that is to say, tell me if I missed anything on Boba Fett this week because I have hit the eject button. Oh, um, this episode was the best one so far. Um, Don't toy with me. <laughs> no, it, it it really is. It's an end. Oh, I can't remember her name. Not that Fennec that's a surprise. Shand. Fennec Shand is amazing. Um, and uh, just, you know, just a badass bitch. Um, and <clears throat> it, no, it, it's, it's the best of all of them so far. Are the teens um, in it? I'm, no. Or very, very little. He, I think he tells them to do something or they mention them or something, but they're not in it. Oh, teens People free, die. Teens free episode. People die. I don't believe you. People die. And it's great. Also, that sweet ass uh, Wookiee shows up again. <laughs> and it's amazing. Already? Uh, yep. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm now getting invested. I think they've, whatever just, kinks they were working out. Just join the crew, Warrior Wookiee. Uh, Whatever kinks they're working out, it's um, it's. I think it's going to be good, and like, I feel like they should have maybe finished done this with the end of the third episode, um, but they're basically they're like he's done recovering in the Bacta tank now, mm. 
and they like put a point on it and i'm like oh shit was he just like weak because he was just seriously injured this whole time i mean i understand that he was in the back to tank but i did not realize but we've come sort of like is he gonna stop fucking around now I think he's gonna he's gonna stop fucking around. Um, yeah, they just had some amazing moments in the episode that were a lot of fun, and I really really enjoyed it. So that was great. Um, on my quest for more British mysteries, oh lord, um, I how are there any had, left? Well, they're, they they kind of their industry is basically <laughs> exporting like whiskey, shortbread cookies, and British <laughs> mysteries. That's that's what they do mm-hmm. um and just you know good uh period pieces that's that's what Brit- britain uh <laughs> brings to the world um i know i i knew about inspector morse uh for years and i haven't really checked it out um i did not realize that inspector morse was a misogynist <laughs> And I'm not like, like, it's part of his character. He's just a sexist inspector. And at first I was like, oh, that's like, you know, interesting because they're making the character this character that has this real flaw, right? But after like three episodes, I'm like, this is, this is hard to watch. Like, this isn't uh, uh, just a, a flaw or a quirk. Like, this is getting really hard to watch (laughs) not that i think every main character needs to be perfect there's no growth it i think it gets worse (laughs) um so yeah i just uh i haven't i can't i can't watch it i can't watch it i think there's another show with so he has a like his subordinate um Sergeant Lewis and Sergeant Lewis actually has his own spinoffs TV series. And I might watch that because Sergeant Lewis is, he is, he's good. He like brought in the female detective um, or the, the, you know, specialist. And he's like, you know, not horribly sexist. Um, So I, I might try and, and watch those, but yeah, I think Inspector Morris is done. It just, it's, I don't even think that it didn't age well. I think it just is, I just, I can't do random sexism like or misogyny. Like, I just can't, I can't handle it. Maybe I am just a, you know, delicate, sensitive snowflake. <laughs> um, I just, when I want escapism, I want escapism, right? I, I, <laughs> I yeah, don't I don't, I like... don't know that it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a useful character trait for your yeah. your lead yeah and this is i mean this is my my problem with them um, you know law and order special victims unit right like that stuff's tough that's not like a fun who done this murder what it's it's tough stuff about our society today and i i read news I don't need. I don't need to reflect it in my, in in my escapism. You don't need your cases ripped from the headlines. No, I'm I'm okay with that. For some reason, murder's fine, but <laughs> anything doing with like you know sexual assault, not not okay. Um, but anyways, so I'm again. This is a call out to anyone who really loves any sort of murder mystery series, British or otherwise. Um, I, I am looking for suggestions as always. That's all. That's all I got up to really. There was a lot of YouTube watching. Well, yes. Um, always, but I'm really gotten into like watching those videos of where they'll, they'll take some old, uh, beat up like typewriter, <laughs> like restore it. Restoration videos. Those are uh, just an really like easy time it's all good it's relaxing um that's what i need in my life restoring typewriters well what did i get into let's just get it out of the way i mentioned it at the top we will be talking about it next week it is already next week's selection so fucking get on board for ranking of kings i can't even 
I don't want to say too much because I don't want to blow the whole conversation now, but it is a uh, anime from uh, started in fall 2021. I did not know it was still ongoing. So when I burned through 13 episodes on my snow day, oh yeah, it was like that. And I thought it was going to be wrapping up because that's normally a, a season length. <laughs> And I realized it was not. And now I'm on week to I'm on week to I'm on week to week like the rest of these chumps. I'm like, oh my no, no, God, please Um, no, no. It is a story about a young boy named Boji who is a prince. He is deaf and he cannot talk. And his he meets a uh, I call him the Shadow Puddle, but he's a he's a member of a sort of shadowy assassin clan. But he looks like a puddle with a little like lobster claw. Do not get fooled by the visual aesthetic of this show. It is from Studio Wit, who does Attack on Titan and Cabinary of the Iron Fortress and a bunch of other stuff that people and we love. And all I will say, the show was not what I expected. Okay. On the one hand, yes, it is about the goodest boy doing the goodest things. And you will fall in love with Boji immediately. And will burn the world asunder to protect him. (laughs) But yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to tip the hand to Caitlin any more than that. It was not what I was expecting at all, despite it looking like a storybook and some people being like, "Man, this is a kid show." Uh-uh. It's not even to say it's like gory or violent or anything like that. It's just much more complex than you think it's going to be when you start watching it. Um, and it's fucking fantastic. What else did I get into? Your girl. Utada Akaru had a new album come out after many years. Album's called Bad Mode. Um, as is often the case with Japanese albums, it is more so, you know, you've heard half the album already. It's one thing I don't love about uh, Japanese album rollouts, where it's like singles come out for like a year, and then those get collected, and you really only get like two more new songs by the time the album comes out, which is what happened here. Yes, the Ava song is on there. Uh, a couple other songs. The That show, To Your Eternity, she did the theme song to that. That's on there as well. What I did not realize is that a lot of these new songs... Um, Utada lives in London now. She has for since like 2010, I think. And a lot of the new songs are done by a, or co-produced by a guy who I mentioned on our like kind of look back show. This producer named Floating Points. I did not realize he did like most of the new songs on there. And I also didn't realize one of those new songs was going to be a 12-minute acid techno epic called Somewhere Near Marseille, which is just a flex, if nothing else. You'd be like nine albums in and be like, you know what? 12 minutes, <laughs> floating points, five lines of lyrics, <laughs> just let it ride. 12 whole ass minutes. And listen, from what I saw on elements of gay Twitter that crossed my paths when I was reading about you know takes from this album, gay Twitter is very excited about this jam. So, Utada bringing us all together under the umbrella of Acid Techno in 2022. Also, her entire catalog is getting repressed in May. Oh. Um, which is like, Utada Akaro, if you know nothing about her, um, she debuted in like 2000. She still holds the records for like most physical CDs sold in Japan. It is still a record she that's, holds. That's amazing. She's an institution. In North America, you know her for doing all of the Kingdom Hearts themes, um, maybe some of the Evangelion themes, if you are if you didn't play Kingdom Hearts, but you know her from that. Um, and Hisa was like, Hisa's like super excited. I was in there on Friday, and Hisa's like, oh, which ones are you going to get? I'm like, girl, maybe none of them. Like, it's like, number one, expensive. Number two, Utada's early stuff sounds like Destiny's Child. Like, <laughs> it's not really my vibe. Like, I... I like her. If I buy any of them, I'll probably buy the new one because I want the twelve minute acid techno. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I just want, this would be one it's side. It'd be one side of the record. I'll just let let that play out. <laughs> so shouts shouts to that queen still doing it twenty years into her career. Uh, what else do I have? Talked about ranking of kings because uh, <laughs> Netflix knows me, and I had to. The thing I had to watch this week was on Netflix. So Netflix wanted me to know that there's a uh, series called Midnight Asia. Oh. That they have, which is just uh, let's pick different Asian cities and talk about their nightlife. Oh, so they've got uh, Seoul and Taipei and Mumbai 
and maybe Bangkok as well. But the first one is definitely Tokyo, obviously. So who fired that up immediately? Me. Um, it focuses on like three or four sort of elements. Um, they will have like a travel guide or a journalist kind of like sum it up. And in Tokyo, the vibe is very much like that's when some of the, um, you know, codes loosen a little bit. Right. For all the, for all the salary men and the working types, it's like, well, you get to get to let your freak flag, freak flag fly a little bit after, after dark. This is, this is basically my YouTube history. (laughs) (laughs) Stories about Tokyo nightlife. And, and like nightlife in general, all over Japan and like, you know, trains and meals and vending machine meals and vending machine cakes. And like, <laughs> I just, I, I want to be somewhere else, obviously. Well, Caitlin, I'm yes. sure, I'm sure she must've crossed your path. Are you familiar with DJ Sumi rock? I don't think so. DJ Sumi rock runs a dumpling business Monday to Friday. A dumpling oh restaurant and uh once a month she is a techno dj she is 85 years old <gasps> she is fucking goals and who i want to be in my elder years um the show spends a lot of time with her and kind of talking about how like her dad was a jazz musician growing up and how the world music played in her life and how she just kind of like randomly there was an event at her restaurant and they asked her to dj just kind of like as a goof and she really liked it. So then she went to DJ school and now, yeah, she goes to like, I'm sorry. Did you say DJ school? Yes. That's the thing. I went to a DJ school class once. I had a group on. <laughs> you went to a DJ school class? Yeah, man. I was like super advanced too. <laughs> oh man. Because I didn't have to learn I how to, I didn't have to learn how to count. Right. Like, right. Cause I, cause I drummed for like, you know, 15 years. So as far as counting beats and measures, like you do that for long enough, it's just kind of innate. So when we were quote unquote training eights, like the instructor and me and this other girl who also had a group on, um, we're just kind of doing, <laughs> doing like, doing like shitty scratches, but every eight bars, like I knew when to come in and when to come out. Cause I could, you know, count beats, which I take for granted, but I yeah. mean, some people do have to go a one and a two and a three and a four. Um, yeah. DJ school's a thing. I've low key. I've been I, on their, I've been on their mailing list ever since. And I've low key always wanted to go back. <laughs> um, my, my eyes have been opened. <laughs> I wonder what other schools they have. I definitely heard Next about... Next week, I might just be like, yeah, I'm going to cupcake school. I've enrolled in 47 <laughs> Groupon-based <laughs> educational programs. Um, I definitely uh, saw, I definitely heard about another school or another sort of... I went to X school, and it was something more ridiculous than DJ school. Um, but yeah, DJ Sumi Rock, man. Go get, go get into her on Midnight Asia over on Netflix. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is the one-two punch of from Diallo Riddle and Bashir Salahuddin. That is me continuing on Southside and discovering that I was in error, y'all. I said last week Sherman Showcase was coming to CBC Gem, not that it was already on CBC Gem. So I yeah, got I into that. <laughs> I sent Caitlin a video. Caitlin went down a hole. I don't know what Caitlin got into. The video I sent her was the commercial for uh, Beat Be Gone, which is a pain remedy. For when you suffer from beat type face, which is when the beat is so tight, your facial muscles constrict and you need relief. Constricts. Yeah. Because you can't look like you're enjoying yourself. Um, what other hits from Sherman Showcase is a fictitious um, sort of documentary series slash time life video. Like, listen, friends, children, like back in the day, they would have things called infomercials, which is like after... TV stations didn't have any more like live content. They just had this kind of like pre-taped stuff that they would show all night. So like after you watch Saturday night live till 1am and at one one Oh five AM, one of these would start selling you like a box set of cookbooks or, or, you know, hits of the seventies or some shit like that. My parents are so lucky. I didn't have access to a credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Shit would just be arriving at their door. Lord. Um, so this is a like fictitious infomercial for uh, a fictitious Soul Train like music show called Sherman Showcase, um, which will not just have like fake music performances. I talked about a couple of those last week. We'll also talk about um, a a early pitch of uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but starring Morris Day from Morris Day in the Time called Day In Day Out. <laughs> 
And it's so specific, it lifts the scene. Like, listen, if you're of a certain generation and you watch a lot of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know the episode with Ben Vereen as Will Smith's father. Yeah. And how they're supposed to go on this trip. Uh, he's a trucker or something. They're supposed to go on this trip. And Ben Vereen kind of bails on him. And Will Smith cuts this, like, very emotional, like, monologue to Uncle Phil. Mm-hmm. about how he doesn't need his dad type of thing. So watching an actor yep. imitating Morris Day doing this speech <laughs> is, number one, very specific, and two, also hysterical. <laughs> I built my first ice cream castle without him. <laughs> <laughs> just dropping just drop the time song titles in the middle of this monologue. It's so dumb. Um, and we'll also have a subplot where, like, John Legend is trying to sabotage uh, Common from getting a Tony so he doesn't get an EGOT. Because John Legend has one, and he doesn't want what doesn't want Common yes. to have one. Uh, what did, did you watch? Any? What was your favorite hit from the whole you went down? It was it was definitely I just I random videos that I don't even know the titles of most of them. I was just like, this is amazing. I remember you talking about it way back when, and I maybe ch- like checked out one video, but for some reason it just maybe it's my maybe it's my depression brain, but it just like clicked. I was like, this is fucking brilliant. This is so good. It's that mix of like, it's that mix of weird and funny and clever that I really respond to. And some of the stuff is so clever. Um, I loved the, what was it? The time, time machine. Time. Oh, the time loop song. Yes. Time loop song. Which is it was, legitimately a good song. Yes, it is. And I think I'm just going to have it on my playlist. It's on Spotify. It it's on Spotify. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a YouTube music person. Sorry, oh, I know. Oh, oh. Burn me at the stake. Good lord. Um, I knew there was. Uh, I knew there was one. <laughs> it's me. Um, yeah, it just it was so good and funny and <laughs> just like do you you know when he's like you know what I mean? No, no, we don't know what you're talking uh, about. What about our love? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I meant. You know, you know that's um, you know that's Neo. Yeah. Okay. If you want something that's like clever and fun and and good, like the music is really good, um, this is the show for you. Um, yeah, I heartily approve. One thing that was not on YouTube, but that uh, was on one of the episodes I watched, was like so there will be different hosts, kind of focusing on every episode, kind of focuses on a different, um, like the dancers. Like nothing about the dancers is on the YouTube clips, which is tragic because. <laughs> oh. Oh my, oh my God, Joe in a vest is my favorite. <laughs> And then it'll be like them dancing with like a couple of facts about them. <laughs> it's like Joe in a vest has a vest. The human baby is a baby. Um, but they'll be hosted by different people. And one was hosted by, I'm, I'm using quotes, Mary J. Blige. It was an actress imitating Mary J. Blige. And then on her performance, right. she's doing a very happy song and the audience is not interested. <laughs> no. And then she gets a text as she's singing that her man is leaving her. And she starts singing a sad song and the audience is very interested. <laughs> it gets super yeah. amped. And that's, then it, then it comes right. to, I found out later Sherman sent that text. Because <laughs> he knew. People, people got to make it, gotta make it sad or angry, Mary J. Blige. This is what we want. Man, let Mary be happy. Come on now. And we don't want happy songs from Alanis Morissette. <laughs> Hashtag, they've done it to themselves. Gave the people too much of what they want. Anyway, we will take a break right here, and when we come back, we will talk about not ranking of kings to my disappointment. <laughs> Next week, hold your horses. We'll talk about Caitlin Pick, which is inside job. I forgot what it was called. Inside job, dirty job, something job. Inside job. Oh, please let me. Please tell me you you watched it. I did watch it. I wrote down dirty job in my notes, though. But we'll talk about whatever the hell this show's called when we come back from this break. Welcome to the second half of the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. But before we get into that, there are some rules. Mm-hmm. First is the rule of three. And that is if the thing comes in parts, we will watch three of those parts so the thing has a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. Yes. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is the rule that we will not talk about the thing until we are sitting in front of these microphones. Don't talk about it. 
And we do that so that you guys get the freshest of takes on things that may not be as fresh. And this isn't bad. It's not like it's 10 rel- years old. Relatively fresh. Relatively fresh. We want you guys to have hot, fresh takes. If you live in this part of the world, it's cold, and a good, fresh, hot take is just what you need. Right? Yes, indeed. We can put some marshmallows on top and some cinnamon. We do it for you guys. The third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers. It's kind of hard to spoil the show, but at the same time, if you're like, no, I don't want to know anything about it, I haven't checked it out, go check it out, and then come back. I'm not going to be mean to you guys this time. I'm just going to tell you to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, new new year, new me, right? You just said. (laughs) I am changeable. Like the tide. Um, the thing that I brought Jordan this week was Inside Job. Um, the Netflix animated TV show, not the movie, I think. I think there's a movie called Inside Job. There is. It's a Spike Lee. No, it's not a Spike Lee movie. That was Inside Man. <laughs> it's a Matt Damon movie or documentary huh. about like the financial crisis. There we are. Um, Inside Job is an American adult animated science fiction comedy streaming television series. <laughs> you know, the more it's got, oh, the better the it hy- is. The hyphen it's... Uh, created by uh, Shion. I think it's... Takeuchi. Takeuchi. Yes, I was going to say. I believe it's Takeuchi. Um, uh, which premiered on October 22nd, 2021 on Netflix. Um, Takeuchi is a former Gravity Falls writer, um, and, uh, she worked as a showrunner and executive producer alongside, um, creator Alex Hirsch. Um, and, uh, she's done a ton of stuff. Um, she's actually had a really, like, the trajectory of her career (laughs) has been great. So she started on Adventure Time as, like, an intern. She worked on regular show, Gravity Falls... Uh, Long of the Royals, Lost in Oz, Disenchantment, and um, has worked on uh, Monsters University and Inside Out, um, and now has her own show. Um, the story uh, surrounds a character named Lizzie Kaplan. Or sorry, story, it does. <laughs> it does. The story surrounds a character uh, named Regan uh, Ridley. She's a brilliant and socially awkward um, robotics engineer who works at Cognito Inc. Um, and, and, and is voiced by Lizzie Kaplan and is voiced by Lizzie Kaplan. Um, basically, uh, it's a, a workplace comedy where all the conspiracy, conspiracy theories you can think of are real. Um, and the company Cognito Inc is basically just trying to keep society going at this point. Um, so they and they also attempt to control the the world, so it's sort of like an evil organization that does some really <laughs> questionable things, but mostly for the right reasons. Um, so the the series uh, also it follows this one team led by the Regan Ridley character, um, and they work alongside like. Reptilian shapeshifters, which is a conspiracy theory from long ago, uh, a human-dolphin hybrid, a sapient mushroom from Hollow Earth, and a bunch of other crazy casting characters. Um, I watched the whole series, so Jordan, you're going to have to remind me. I don't know how far you got. I don't know if you just watched the three, um, but you're going to have to sort of remind me what happens in the first three and not the entire series. I'll do my best. The, the also, I should say, like, the voice cast is pretty outstanding. Um, it's got Christian Slater <laughs> as her dad, who is used to also work for Cognito Inc. Uh, he was one of the, like, founders or one of the presidents or whatever uh, of the company um, and is now sort of been forced into retirement and is continually messing up her life, uh, both personal and work life. Um, there's, yeah. Uh, sort of all the people who voice cool things are in this. Alex Hirsch <laughs> shows up. Um, Bobby Lee shows up. John DiMaggio shows up. 
Um, yeah. So yeah. Good time. So Jordan, what did you think? There are two things here and dare I say, I'm going to come out of this conversation surprisingly looking like a prude. Okay. I will grant the viewing of this show wholly ruined by binging ranking of Kings. That's number one, but I'm trying to leave that. I'm trying to leave that to the side because the other thing is this is made by people we like. Yeah. We, we, the, the Alex Hirsch seal of approval and the greater Alex Hirsch expanded universe, whether he's running the show or not, that brought you gravity falls, Al house. And now this, but the thing I found myself bumping into with this show quite a bit is like, Back when you had to listen to songs on the radio and you would get very (laughs) familiarized with like the version of nothing but a G thing that played on the radio and that version and those lyrics. And then you go and get the, buy the album and you listen to the explicit album version and it's just a bunch of motherfuckers. Yeah. You go, well, damn, I kind of like the clean version better. By contrast, the explicit version seems kind of lazy. Kind of what I found myself bumping into here. What you're telling me is you like kid shows. Don't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying a lot of the, I feel like Gravity Falls, Owl House, you know, these are, these are kid shows and there are certain restrictions put on you on what you can and cannot do. And I think it forces a certain level of creativity that you don't necessarily have to reach for when you can drop a dick joke or you know uh, an f word and i don't know how many episodes this show runs but after three i was kind of like i think it might be good it's not even bad i'm not even gonna say it's bad per se i just think it's doing a lot of what these shows do i don't know where the like like spot the difference between this and like some episodes of like American dad or some shit. Like, you know, it's just, it's okay. It did get some laughs out of me, the Brett character and the stupidity. And, and uh, Caitlin, when Caitlin first brought up this show, she mentioned that she kind of went through a, like a, a journey with it herself because she thought the plot of the show was basically going to be, Oh, she's being the Regan character is being pushed aside for a mediocre man. No, the, the joke of the show is kind of like, she needs his mediocrity. Yes. In in some regards, because he is, her team, at least initially in these early episodes, does not respect her. They think she's a pain in the ass. And she is kind of a pain in the ass because of how she was brought up by her insane father. Um, And and at least in the early episodes, they kind of need, you know, they gravitate towards Brett because he's affable and just, you know, he's, he is white bread personified. He does not move the needle one way or the other, and he'll tell you you're great and bring you a coffee and slap you on the back, and everything's great and won't really demand anything of you. So, And her realizing the <laughs> usefulness of that sort of banality is and sort of amusing thread of the show. Um, I did think of the three I watched. The one at the <laughs> Lizard People Gala was maybe the best one. Which was written by, uh, co-written by Alex Hirsch oh. and Aaron Burdett. Look at you just with the IMDb open. Um, I did think that was the best one and was the one dick joke I found the funniest where Brett is talking about his, his, some of his fraternity bros are going to be there. Cause as he said, he pledged every frat cause that's just yeah. who he is. Um, and Clark Duke did his voice. Is that correct? Um, let me, yes. So Clark, Clark Duke does Brett's voice, which is kind of perfect casting. Um, and some of his bros are lizard people <laughs> and apparently there was like a ranking system and they were ranked six. He's like, why didn't you tell me that you were lizard people? I was cool. I could have handled it. And it's like, well, that info is kind of for like tier six and you were only ever a tier five. And it's like, well, I'll, I'll do whatever I have to, to get to tier six. And this, so they start hazing him again. Like it's college. And <laughs> it's before. Before they can even finish the sentence, Brett has already stripped down for his hazing. Um, and they basically lock him in the vents and there's like a swarm of rats that go over him. And as he's real, he's realizing that they never really liked him. He's like, oh, nobody liked me and rats are biting my dick. Um, <laughs> again, what did it make me laugh? Yes. Is it the smartest comedy? Not necessarily. No. Um, 
but I did like that episode. Uh, on the whole, <laughs> just the when the whole uh, trial because if I try to run down the plot, it's going to invo- involve a million things. But basically, the lizard people finance Cognito. That's why they have to make a good impression, and shit goes awry, and they basically go on trial. And Judge Judy, who is also a lizard person, is <laughs> yeah the judge. And it all ultimately breaks down into a you know, lizard person sex orgy and just Mike, the uh, horny <laughs> mushroom person, again, yeah. in a perfect casting choice, is voiced by Brett Gelman, who has there ever been a skeevy horn dog that that guy has not played? I don't know. <laughs> um, just that whole scene and it playing out and Brett to the side, like... <laughs> taking video of it because he has questions <laughs> that made me laugh but i don't i don't know if i can hang with it overall it's it's the cognitive dissonance in my own head i would probably have to go back to it after some time away because there is at least in these early episodes a sort of meanness to it that a lot of quote-unquote adult comedic uh animated shows have that like coming off of the good heartedness of ranking of Kings. It was very jostling to me and I had a hard time rocking with it. Um, um so if I gave I, it, I some, think that's fair. If I gave it some space and went back to it, I might enjoy it more, but I also can't appreciate it that the weirdness when you take away, like I said, the easiness, quote unquote, easiness, when you put some restrictions on it, like you have to do with like broadcast television, I think it forces you to be funnier, frankly. And I think, that I, I don't think that's always true. I think, cause I mean, there are times we argue a lot about <laughs> avatar and you're like, Avatar's for kids. And I think that I I agree that definitely in those first three episodes. I mean, I even talked about it, right? Listen, Avatar would not be improved if, uh, you know, <laughs> if Aang was like, oh, Soka my. was making dick jokes. Yeah, Soka was, Soka was like, I'll punch you in the dick. Like, that's, <laughs> Avatar's not improved by that. And I, I do, I legitimately, yes, the first three episodes, um, I mean, I was so excited that it was not going to be a kind of arrested development, you know, everyone's horrible Mm. and she gets, you know, she's, or, or what's it? Uh, Uncle Bob. No. What about Bob? What what about Bob? (laughs) Man, we're going to have to do a what about, I don't know that I've ever seen what about Bob from beginning to end. I will will not be able to watch it. I just can, I just watched it the once and that was enough in my life. It's such a stain on your life. I feel like we need to have a rewatch of this movie. Um, And just like have like this person who's trying that always, everyone always hates and stuff like that. That's what I thought it was going to be. And I did not want to watch that. Um, And I... Definitely those first three episodes were were uh, a rougher hang, but as the series goes on, it definitely gets better and better and better. There's definitely a trajectory of improvement. And um, I think I think I did read as much as that, like in some of the like, you know, Rotten Tomatoes capsule reviews or or that sort of thing, that it does definitely gets its footing and um shows a marked curve of improvement um in the later episodes. And- and also, unlike a lot of shows where the people just retain being them. Okay, for instance, you brought up American Dad, right? Those mm. characters never get any better. Right. Right? They're always terrible. Um, and I think this show, they're, yeah, parts of it are still terrible, but they start, people start to get better. They start to like work out their issues, they start to come together. Um, and I think that is one of the things I really enjoyed about it. I hate when shows have bad characters that never learn their lesson. Um, I can bring up another show, uh, the Modoc show, which I never watched. Know? Okay, well, uh, there were parts of that show that were great, like some of the some of the comedy was funny, but Modoc was always horrible. There was never a turning point. He never learned his lesson, right? Like just, and it, I couldn't watch it anymore. Cause it was just this terrible character being terrible. Um, and I think if that had, it, this show had stayed that way, I would have had a lot of trouble, but basically the show, even though it's episodic, there is a curve to it, right? Like there is a progression of, um, of, uh, someone changing and people changing, people getting better, um, which I really liked. 
which is different than a lot of adult comedy shows. Uh, it's the same reason like BoJack Horseman, like I could not watch that. Um, it just, I wouldn't have been able to hang. Um, and should, yeah, should, they, should also be said the creator of BoJack is a producer on this as well, I believe. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just, I enjoyed the character development. I enjoyed the characters. Um, I know some of it is like the humor is more adult, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed it more than other adult TV shows. Um, and there are some things that were actually really clever and funny. And I have talked before about like, I like that combination of clever, funny and weird. And it has a good balance for me in this show. Um, I do think absolutely if I was watching a show about a king or a boy who's trying his best to become king and then turn this on right after, yeah, maybe there'd be some weirder feelings about but, it for but sure. Here, here's the thing. Like I said, I screwed up with Ranking of Kings and now I'm week to week and I have to wait. So I have Cause you're s- dumb. six <laughs> agonizing days before a new episode comes. See, you had just finished, um, what's it called? Wasps? The Wasps? Uh, Yellow, oh, jackets? Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets. Right, right. <laughs> and now you have another one. You I, did this to yourself. And I know I sang the praises of week to week and how, you know, I've, if, it'd be, if I had binged Yellow Jackets, it'd be done after like, I would have forgotten about it three days later. And now I hate it. Um, but I'm going to need something to fill that time, Caitlin. So I will, now, now that the like, the, mainline injection of animated complex adorableness has, you know, I'm starting to come down off of that high a little bit. Cause it's, it's decentralizing. Like it was, it was like a shot. It was like a, like a, like a adrenaline needle straight to the heart for like five days. And now I got these long gaps before, before I take another shot, I need something to fill that time. So when, when, now that I'm coming down off of that high a little bit, I will give, Inside job, some more episodes. It's probably only like what, okay. 12, 10 or 12? It's 10 and it's part like one. And I think they have a second part coming next okay. year or later this year or something. Listen, I don't have that many things on the go right now. I will, I will give it, it's, I will expand the rule of three to say like a rule of six and I will give it some more and see if I've come down off of the just pure good heartedness of young Prince Boji, if I'm more uh, in tuned with the, <laughs> with the, explicit album version of you know a gravity falls or owl house style uh weirdness i re- i realized what it reminds me of hmm. what it really like i'm like oh yeah okay absolutely futurama hmm. it there's a lot of futurama in this and i was always um, uh i could never uh, like listen smile i'm sure it said something about me but i could never really fuck with futurama like that i tried yeah and so and that may be it I'm glad you're giving it more episodes. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll get some good laughs out of it, but we'll see. I feel like Alex Hirsch has uh, anything he, even if he's not the creator, anything he endorses is worth at least a, uh, a expansion of the rule of three, given how much joy Gravity Falls and Owl House have brought to our lives. Anything, if he's going to attach his name to it and co-sign for it, uh, I should give it a little, uh, a little extra time. So check back next week. I will let y'all know what I thought of that. And if it improved in my estimation, uh, currently it's like a six and a half with an asterisk. Okay. It's, it's an, like an eight for me, 8.5. Well, you've seen the whole thing, Caitlin. So I know I'm just telling people (laughs) they might be curious. If you're curious, that's on Netflix. Am I a buffoon? Possibly. Let me know on twitter.com slash geek down pod. You can make all your claims of buffoonery known. Otherwise, we will put a pin in it here, as said multiple times. We'll be back next week with a discussion on ranking on ranking of kings. We hope you will join us for it. Friends, thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. Fantastic to talk with you, Caitlin. Oh, I thank you. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us next week for another amazing episode of Geek Down Podcast. What a button in that one on. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs>
all gonna die soon. It's Miles. Just be fun. Uh, Have fun with it. Uh, Palin with Kierkegaard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good times. 